Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and joining me, as always, none other than the Oracle himself, Matt Friedman. And today, to help us break down the reactions to week two, adjust our power ratings and see which teams truly are the best and worst going into week three, none other than Spreadopedia himself, Jason Weingarten. Jason, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Nice to talk to you again. Had uh, had fun last time. Uh, last time I was on the show with you. Absolutely. It was great having you on. Of course, last time, if people want to go back, baseball season isn't quite over yet. Amazingly, it's not over for the Mets. They just uh, they just clinched the playoff spot. But on our last conversation with Jason, we talked about the dangers of no run first innings, how you should probably be betting the yes instead, and a whole bunch of other great conversations. But today, guys, we are talking all about the NFL. It was another wild week of action. Three different teams had 99% or higher win percentage chances and managed to lose their games. Matt, it was a nuts week. But before we get started on it, I want to remind everybody that if you want to win a signed Joe Mixon Cincinnati Bengals jersey, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction, you need to subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below this video and that's it. We will be announcing a winner right here on the channel, so make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. Now, Matt, let's shift into the 49er game here. How far are the Niners going up or down your power rankings based off of that Trey Lance injury? Jimmy G obviously finished the game at quarterback. He's going to be the quarterback the rest of the season. Matt, where are you looking with the 49ers? Because their odds shortened. They are now a more likely Super Bowl winner than they were before week two because of this injury here. I'm inclined to push them up my power ratings as well. Yeah, I uh, I moved the Cowboys up uh, pretty significantly. I moved them up a point uh, based on what we saw last week. I maybe had downgraded them too much uh, in the move from uh, Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush. And I should say, like obviously, like quarterback moves, those are really the only things that should make you move your power ratings significantly week over week. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a quarterback change here in San Francisco, and I've bumped the 49ers up 0.75 points in my power ratings. And honestly, like, I kind of don't know if it's enough. Uh, I feel like, you know, probably Jimmy G is like at least a point better uh, against the spread on a neutral field relative to uh, to Trey Lance, who was highly unproven. And, you know, say whatever you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, since he joined the 49ers, you know, 2017, he was the number four quarterback in the league in uh, completion percentage over expectation and EPA combined. Uh, that's not like a perfect metric, but it's a pretty good metric. You know, like number one is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, number two is Drew Brees. Number three is Deshaun Watson. And number five is Aaron Rodgers. Like, for Jimmy Garoppolo to be in that list, it doesn't mean like it's, it's sort of like very clearly like the which one of these guys is not like the others. So it's not to say that he's an elite quarterback, but it is to say that within the confines of what he is asked to do within that Kyle Shanahan system, he can do it pretty well. Uh, and so we have a, a pretty large sample size of knowing what Garoppolo can do within that offense and knowing what the offense can do with Garoppolo as the starting quarterback. And it it can function pretty highly. So I have, uh, I, I wouldn't say like aggressively, but I've significantly moved up the 49ers with uh, the new quarterback situation. Now, Jason, how about you? How are you feeling about this 49ers team moving forward? I think it uh, it probably helps them in the short term. 
Uh, Lance was the guy they wanted, you know, to develop long-term and lead this team on a rookie contract, but they, uh, they made the right decision keeping Garoppolo and it paid off. It paid off early. I think the locker room is very happy that, uh, you know, Garoppolo is the guy, or at least there is a certain faction of the locker room that probably preferred him to be the starting quarterback to begin with. And, you know, I, I think they're going to probably be a playoff contender this season. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see him make a run at the division again. I'm, I'm with you. I think that all of a sudden this team bumps up a lot because of this. And that's not a hot take. It is pretty much the consensus right now. Uh, it's been well documented that I am not on the Trey Lance train. Obviously, we hope that he has a speedy recovery and is back and right at him next year. But from a pure football standpoint, this team is better with Jimmy G at the helm. And now all of a sudden, I'm regretting my Niners seven win ticket. But we still have plenty more to get to here. Moving on to some other teams, guys. Again, it was a topsy-turvy week. And now we have a two-week sample size. We're starting to see, okay, what was a week one fluke? What might actually be a trend or a pattern here? What were some of the biggest surprises for you out of these week two games, Matt? Yeah, I mean, big surprises. Uh, you know, all the big come from behind victories. The Jets winning outright. Your Jets winning outright, by the way. Congratulations on that, long-suffering Jets fan. Uh, the Dolphins coming back from down 21. Uh, Arizona coming back. Jacksonville winning outright and shutting out the Colts while doing it. And then, of course, the uh, the Cowboys, my Cowboys, uh, beating the Bengals. Uh, that was very surprising. Although, you know, Mike McCarthy now six and two against the spread as an underdog without Dak. Uh, you know, that's not to say that Mike McCarthy is like a great coach because I believe he very much is not. But uh, maybe it is to say that uh, Dak isn't as significant in that offense as I would have expected him to be. Guys, real quick, remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books, most accurate experts, and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. All right, Jason, and how about you? What were some of the things that you really weren't expecting to see through two weeks of this NFL season? Well, first, uh, you mentioned the Jets. I actually didn't even know the Jets had won that game until like probably two or three in the afternoon. I was at, I, I got to the Rams game at that point, and someone texted me, wow, that the Browns were a, a big pick and survivor. And I was like, what are you talking about? That the Browns won, right? Uh, oh, so... Yeah, that was that was news to me. Um, I think Detroit obviously has been a, a story so far. They look, you know, like they're they're on the up. Philadelphia has has been impressive so far through the 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 game and a half I got to watch them. And then uh, Tampa, I was really 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 down on Tampa coming into the season, and they're two and zero and favorites in week three against Green Bay. So. As usual, I've I've been wrong about Tampa. You know, I've been wrong about Tom Brady just about every every season. I continue to do so. It's so hard. He's forty five. At, at some point, you're just like, come on, he has to fall off. Maybe it is this year now. Like I'm a little worried about this team moving forward with obviously no Godwin at the moment. Now you have no Mike Evans next weekend because he decided to go into UFC against Marshawn Lattimore there. 
And without the weapons, does this team finally slow down? It's a question that we're going to have to ask. But one thing that I'm surprised about, neither of you brought up the Bengals. I really did not have the Bengals being 0-2 right now and just looking as bad as they have. Matt, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a question as to like, we all knew, or I think, you know, we all knew, but like there was this strong sentiment that the Bengals, I wouldn't say they were due for regression, but that they could struggle this year. Uh, and they have an especially hard, uh, hard schedule to, to open the year, uh, you know, in weeks two through eight. So, you know, after week one, right. Uh, weeks two through eight, they have a stretch, uh, four or five games away, five of seven games away. Uh, you know, some of their road games aren't all that bad, you know, like against the Jets, but it's still on the road. Uh, and so everyone knew like, hey, this could be a team that uh, even if they improve overall, they could still not win as many games as they did last year. And it's not just that they like, oh, they've improved and had some tough luck. It's just that like, they're not looking better than they were last year. And their offensive line, which should ultimately be better than last year's unit was it is taking a while for that unit to coalesce so it's i don't think it's a surprise that they have started owen two but i think it's a surprise in the way in which they have started owen two you know like losing against the steelers okay a divisional opponent in week one you know anything can kind of happen in that situation and you think before the season okay losing on the road to the Cowboys, you think, yeah, like you could see how they lose that game, but you know, losing to Mitch Trubisky when he looks horrible and losing to Cooper rush, that doesn't like jive with how it was that we imagined this would go down. I'm out here going now. Okay. They go into week three. They're playing the jets in New York. I I was going to pick this team for my survivor this week. And all of a sudden I'm looking over the shoulder, like, I don't think the Jets are going to win two games in a row. That's not a very Jets thing to do, but I, I don't know. Are, are you thinking that maybe – is there a risk here? I'm probably not going to play them in Survivor, but could the Bengals start 0-3? Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I bet the Jets this weekend. Uh, I bet the Bengals missed the playoffs this week after starting 0-2. I think they're in a really bad spot. Matt Matt pointed out their unfavorable scheduling situations. That's something I have circled as well. So like this week is their second of a back-to-back road, road, road games. Um, so I'm really happy to take the Jets as a dog at home here. Uh, the other thing, uh, what is it? Joe Burrow has been sacked like seven times a game, both, both games to start the season. That is a lot of sacks. You stra- extrapolate that over the entire season. That would be over a hundred sacks. Not that that's going to happen, because if he gets anywhere close to that number, he's he's going to be out injured because that's just such an unsustainable amount of hits for a, a professional quarterback to take. So there is a lot of stuff I don't like going going with Cincinnati. Their their bad offensive line, the unsustainability of the hits Joe Burrow's taking, um, starting zero and two. Uh, another back-to-back road trip coming up to uh, Baltimore and, and New Orleans, I think it is. You know, two teams that aren't going to take it easy on them um, on defense at all. So 
uh, a lot of negatives going for the Bengals, not to mention that uh, Zach, Zach, uh, what's his name? Zach Taylor is the head coach. You know, maybe last year just was a whole string of lucky. They got the Raiders in the playoffs. They, they beat the Titans and then they got really lucky against the chiefs. You know, that, that took a whole bunch of things and missed field goals and whatnot to, to even get to the, to the Super Bowl. So now they're coming off this, this extended playoff run. They have a bad offensive line. Wouldn't even surprise me. Um, my, my boldest pick, I, I just wrote about this, this, this week for VEASAN actually. Um, I bet the Bengals to have the worst record in the NFL at uh, 50 to one. I think that's way too high, especially when you look at the schedule, they got the bills, they got uh, Tampa Bay. They they don't have a lot of easy games in the pipeline. So if things go south in Cincinnati, they can go south quickly, and the Bengals can be the Bungles again. You know, before we know it. Well, that's uh, I mean, fifty to one for the Bengals to have the worst record in the league. I'm I'm wondering. So obviously, like kind of wide range of outcomes with how things could could unfold with this team wide range, maybe skewed towards the downside with them. I'm wondering how much uh, you have adjusted your assumptions about the baseline for this team. So week over week, I've bumped them down 0.5 points uh, relative to where I had them previously. I honestly, I was tempted to bump them down a little bit more, but that just felt like I would be too aggressive, but how, how are you like viewing this team in a vacuum? Well, remember that they're fortunate in the fact that every other team in their division right now is one and one. And, you know, a, a win this week puts them, you know, ter- turn, turns things around, you know, fa- fairly quickly, um, at, at least in, in terms of, you know, attempting to, to make the playoffs and win the division and all that stuff. But you, you mentioned rain, range of outcomes, and it's just if they, if they lose this week, their situation is not great at 0 and 3 with Miami coming to town. Um, you know, it's just a hard offense to, to defend against. Um, then they go, they have the back-to-back road trip. I mentioned Baltimore and new Orleans. They, they get a little bit, the easiest sort of chunk of their schedule with, with Atlanta and uh, uh, what's it called the Browns without Deshaun Watson and they get Carolina. But after that second half of the season is absolute bloodbath. Starts after the bye week. They, they're at Pittsburgh, at Tennessee. They get Kansas City, Cleveland at home with Deshaun Watson, at Tampa Bay, at New England late in the season, Buffalo and Baltimore. You know, those are all, you know, not not easy games, especially when you have a quarterback that's getting smashed on a, a weekly basis. So um, just range of outcomes. Things go south. They go south quickly here. Um, I'm not even convinced – uh, Zach Taylor makes it through the whole season if it if it goes as bad as it could. If if I was looking for a cheap uh, first coach fired, I would pick Zach Taylor at a, a big number. I didn't see that today. I was looking for it though. It is worth remembering this team's only two years removed from what another first overall pick or damn yeah, close. They to weren't it? very good. They got very good very quickly, and then a lot of luck played into that. It just you know like. This this team lost to the Jets as recently as last year. Don't don't forget that. They've I, I like Joe Burrow a lot, but the the unsustainability of him continuing to get hit is a, a major thing that's that's not really being talked about a lot right now. Shout out to Mike White. 
Now, guys, is the are the Bengals the team that is dropping the furthest in your power rankings right now, or is there someone that you are looking at with an even more negative light after two weeks of the season, Matt? Yeah, there there were a number of teams that I dropped down this week, all point uh, five points. Um, the Rams don't look like the Rams of last year, or maybe you know, it's just say the Rams last year were very streaky, and they uh, you know they put a good run of games together. But you know, any any good team can lose to the Bills. That's fine. Uh, refusing to close out the Falcons was pretty concerning. Uh, also the Denver Broncos. I, I mean, I, I think Russell Wilson is not the Russell Wilson of five years ago. And the head coach that they have is definitely not the head coach they want to have next year. Uh, it's a really negative situation. I've also downgraded the Colts who I'm just sorry, like the Jags. Okay. Maybe they're better than we thought they were, but if all it takes is losing one wide receiver and one linebacker for you to, uh, get beat by 24 points by the Jags. You're not as good as uh, everyone thought you were. The Titans, that that's obvious. Uh, and then the Steelers, you know, like I want to like this team. They've got a lot of grit. Uh, they've got a, I think, an underappreciated defense, but they have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. And I just, I have to downgrade them. Uh, honestly, I thought this number should be three, you know, looking ahead towards week three. Uh, Thursday night football, uh, you know, with the Browns, I thought the number should have been three. I think it was three in the look ahead market. It's now, I think like five. Uh, so I'm probably, I'm probably still too high on, on the Steelers, to be honest. I, I, I personally think that the problem is losing TJ Watt because that, that team is what? Oh, and five now in games where Watt doesn't play that defense really struggles to function once he's once he's out. And then on the offensive side, like you said, no, Mitch Trubisky is not the answer. And eventually, you have to think sooner rather than later, Kenny Babyhands Pickett has to be getting the call to go to get on the field and start playing more. Right? I don't I would, think I would hope. I don't think Kenny Pickett's gonna play much this season. They've been they've been pretty public that his he's gonna sit on the bench and learn. And it would be very on Steelers like for them to all of a sudden change their mind and just throw him in, especially early in the season. If if things get away from them, you know, maybe he starts a couple games late, but I, I don't see them, you know, taking the team away from Trubitsky. And I think uh this week two game against the Patriots, it was just a bad spot in general coming off the week one overtime. So it didn't surprise me that they came out flat there. Um, I wouldn't write the Steelers off just yet, though. I bet them to win the division at 10-1 to 1 before the season. I, I think the T.J. Watt injury really sucks, though. Um, but, but still early. I, I, don't think, I don't think I would just totally write off everything they're doing. Give it, give it some more time. I'm still holding out hope on my 33-1 to 1 Mike Tomlin Coach of the Year ticket. The, the hope is not completely dead just yet, but it's, it's on life support. The flip side of it is with all these injuries – if they make it to the playoffs, I feel like I have a great chance. They just have to get there. But uh, sorry, gone. No, you go. I would say I don't think Coach of the Year is going to matter if the Bills go fifteen and two. Yeah. You know, Sean McDermott. I actually bet some of that today. Um, but I was I, I agree with most of what Matt said about uh, the Rams. I've down I downgraded them. I thought even even coming off that win against the Falcons they they easily could have lost that game they got lucky not only late in the game but they got lucky early in the game 
that uh, that the, the the first possession was a turnover on a turnover on downs or a missed field goal or whatever. Um, there there were a lot of situations I think that the Falcons could have taken advantage and scored more points in that game early. Besides the uh, the Rams, though, I also have downgraded the Titans a bit. Basically, all the 0-2 teams get a, a downgrade from me, but the Titans and the uh, the Bengals, I think, you know, I could almost guarantee you one of those two teams is not in the playoffs this year. I mean, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I was low on the Titans going into the season, but I'm kicking myself right now because I did not pick the Texans 80-1. to I talked about it. I danced around it. I never took the Texans to win that division at 80 to one. And I really, really wish I had, but man, the, the teams at the top there, the Titans and the Colts both just look like garbage right now. Matt already talked about it a little bit with, okay, you lose Michael Pittman, you lose Shaquille Leonard, but 24 points to the Jags, especially when you have that game marked on the calendar after what happened at the end of last season, uh, is it time to panic Jason on the Colts? Are you writing them off completely? And if so, can we just not give out a division winner in the AFC South? I'm not writing them off completely, but I am unimpressed with them. I did have the Jaguars week two. Um, you know, it's it's not a terrible, terrible spot to be in. I guess 0-1-1 and is still better than 0-2, especially in that division when, you know, no one's going to really run away with it. I don't like the Texans very much just because Lovey Smith seems to kind of go into turtle mode late in the games, and he's he's very very unaggressive I, I i just like like i want i want him to be more aggressive and i understand you know maybe he feels limited what he could do with davis mills or whatever but you know I, i'm not uh i'm not into this team at all uh division totally up for grabs though. i like the jaguars though i think trevor lawrence is is what's up in that division i, I feel like a lot of people kind of forgot about him after last year and are forgetting that, hey, Urban Meyer was probably not the best guy to help develop him. And also, it's not like he didn't have just such an astounding college career. You know this guy has the talent, and now we're starting to see a little bit more of that come to fruition under Doug Peterson. But one team we haven't talked about so far, maybe it's because I know I was a little higher on them than most, and now they're dealing with a whole host of, pro of problems. But the Saints, they obviously... We're a mixed bag. You you came out in week one. You were okay. And then in week two against the Bucks, the offense was a no-show. Jameis was back to throwing his interceptions. How concerned are you guys about this team, especially with the fact that apparently Jameis Winston is playing with no back right now? Matt, where do you have the Saints? You know, I actually – I bumped the Saints up a little after their week two performance. Uh, I thought they, they looked pretty good. Um, you know, they might be frustrating, but they hung with the Bucs. Uh, and the Bucs have a great defense, maybe the best defense in the league, uh, certainly top three. Uh, and it was only after uh, Lattimore was ejected uh, that the Bucs were able to do more on offense. But I, I think that was really a pretty close game. And given that the Saints were able to hang the way that they were, I, I think that they uh, deserve an upgrade after that. So... Uh, I still have them as a, uh, you know, a kind of like league average team on a neutral field, but um, I don't know. The, the defense doesn't, uh, doesn't worry me at all. It, it might be the inconsistency with Jameis Winston, 
uh, in the back issues, but the inconsistency gives them a really wide range of outcomes. Jason, how about you and the Aints? I think Taysom Hill is their best chance to be a playoff contender at quarterback. Um, you know, I, I, I really thought they should have put him in more in that game. And, and like Matt said, I mean, anytime you hold a, a good NFL team to three points through three quarters, you're doing something right. And, uh, I mean, the, the, the Bucks should be more concerned through their first eight quarters. They, uh, they didn't look great against the, uh, the Cowboys defense. They didn't look great against the, uh, the Saints defense. It wasn't until uh, Marshawn Lattimore got ejected that, you know, the, the Saints kind of came alive with a little bit of help from Jameis Winston, you know, uh, throwing some some easy interceptions to to the Bucks defense as well. So um, all all around, I think this is the same Saints team we've seen for the last couple of years. It's it's got you know players all across the board. They they're strong. You know, Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas is back. They added uh, Chris Olive, the the wide receiver uh, rookie. They got a lot going for them. They got a strong defense. Um, continuity with the coaching staff, more or less, but it's the quarterback. It's just Jameis Winston is not going to be the guy that's going to win you these games, and until they they figure that out, and I don't know. Like I said, I think Trey, uh, Taysom Hill's the answer. It's clear they don't think he is, but I, I would love to see him get a real shot at playing quarterback healthy because you know playing that sort of hybrid tight end running quarterback thing it, it just doesn't get him enough touches to to use him the, the way he should be used. I, I think he needs to be full time starting quarterback and you know see see how the team plays with him in the lineup healthy. Sean Payton is cheering on listening to this podcast in his car right now. I don't know, though. That That's a take right there. They they tried the Storm and Mormon a bit last year. Wasn't necessarily the most successful thing, but Matt. What, he was what real injured last year, though, too. He wasn't 100% healthy. That is true. Matt, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I respectfully disagree. I mean, I think the I think the thing with Taysom Hill is that, like, as wide of – as wide as the Jameis Winston range of outcomes is, it's even wider with, with Taysom Hill. And so the fact that he is a quarterback who is uh, unconventional means that like the defensive game planning is harder for him that week. Uh, and so that could give the saints an edge, but I, I think that uh, he, it would, it wouldn't take long before in, a sort of Tebow-esque type of fashion, he would be exposed. Uh, maybe I'm just wrong. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, I, I think Winston or like even Andy Dalton as the the number two. Like if Winston were injured and out, Dalton would be the guy to come in and not Taysom Hill. And I think Dalton probably has like the higher floor. Uh, Taysom Hill probably. I, it feels so wrong to say Taysom Hill probably has the higher ceiling relative to Dalton. Guys, real quick, I want to talk to you about Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. My friends and I changed over this year and I absolutely love it. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in a football game or number of points in a basketball game. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. 
If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together, so stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Use the promo code BETTINGPROS when you sign up for a Sleeper account today and Sleeper will automatically credit your account $100 to get you started. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper.com for details. I I don't think that you can replace... I'm with you. I don't think you can replace Jameis with Dalton. If you were going to make a change, I think you do try the Taysom Hill experiment, but I personally think you give uh, Jameis a little more time. I... I think the back injury is having a serious effect here. And that's not the only injury that I'm worried about going into this next week, guys. What about the Chargers? Because apparently now Justin Herbert is dealing with a rib injury. They say that he should be able to play and he should be okay. But I'm still scared, especially because I don't know if they fired that doctor from the other season or not. Matt, how concerned are you about Justin Herbert? Not just potential threat of life, but ability to play football. Yeah, uh, whoever it was who injected Terod Taylor, uh, that guy no longer is with the team, hopefully. Uh, certainly, let's keep him away from the ribs of Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm not I'm not as worried about uh, Justin Herbert, maybe, as I should be. I think he plays in week three, especially with the three extra days of rest. Uh, Deepak Chona, who's uh, our injury expert at Fantasy Pros, he suggested that this injury is more about pain than about anything else and that the pain can be managed. Uh, you know, but this line, it opened at seven. Uh, the look ahead line, I believe, was nine, nine and a half. And in the regular season, sorry, in the preseason uh, market, this number was 10. And so having it at seven just feels a little bit short. I actually, I project it for uh, around nine. Uh, and so I think that there's some value here. Uh, and maybe the reason why it's seven has something to do with the Justin Herbert injury. I think it also has to do with maybe some Jags enthusiasm uh, and maybe the also the desire not to trust Brandon Staley as much as we previously had because he's just not going to be as aggressive. Uh, and that would maybe mean just fewer points all around for for the team. So Maybe you put all that together and seven is a better number than uh, the look ahead we had at nine, but I'm just, I'm not too worried about the Justin Herbert ribs component of this. Jason, I know you're a Rams fan, but what do you think about the other team in LA? I'm a little worried about his, uh, his ribs. I mean, he, he did not look like he was throwing, you know, he was, he was in a lot of pain the end of that game, getting us to cover there. Um, you know, got Got to thank him for that. But I'm not super impressed with Brandon Staley's game management. Uh, haven't been since the uh, week 17 overtime game that uh, I still wish had ended in a tie for many, many reasons, mostly financial. But, uh, you know, I, I think I've, I just haven't been impressed with, with the way he's, he's managed end-of-game situations. And the, the Chargers tend to be one of those teams kind of like the lions where I always joke, it, it doesn't matter what the score is. Just let me know who has the ball in the final possession. Cause these, these games always come down to the end. Um, 
I really like their defense. I bet Khalil Mack to have the most sacks. I bet him to win Defensive Player of the Year. You know, I think he's it's like 31, so he's slightly on the, the wrong side of the Defensive Player of the Year age curve, but I like his situation and the fact that he can get double-digit sacks in, in this defense. But, um, you know, I think... I think uh, it's it's been popular the last couple of years to pick against Kansas City and try to find reasons why they're not <clears throat> going to sustain success. And through two weeks, they look as good as they they normally do. And probably the only thing overshadowing them is the Buffalo Bills. Otherwise, we'd be saying Kansas City is the best team in the AFC again. And Matt, what do you think about Kansas City? That's not uh, necessarily where I was thinking of going next, but it's a great point. There were people writing their demise with the loss of Tyree Kill. Have you been impressed with what this team's been able to do? Is it that they haven't had a truly challenging game yet? Well, what are your thoughts on Kansas City? Where are they in your rankings right now? I mean, they're number two. Uh, totally agree with Jason. And if you look at uh, you know some of the the more advanced numbers, um, <clears throat> they're you know top two, uh, even top one, uh, top one, number one offense in the league. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes uh, is number one in EPA and uh, completion percentage over expectation, uh, you know, composite metric. So uh, I still think that the Chiefs are, it's hard to say that they are the better team than the Bills. Like they are, they are not. Um, but I still think that they are right, right there. And I do think that they are still uh, underappreciated within the market. So uh, very much with Spreadopedia there on on the Chiefs, uh, but um, yeah, I I will say that I I still have them a tier below the Bills. Like I I want to put the Chiefs up in that tier, but like I still haven't been able to do it yet. Now, guys, this next team that I want to talk about here, I had in the rundown from before last night and see if you can spot the issue with them now, the Vikings. They looked fantastic in week one against the Packers, and then last night against the Eagles happened. Primetime Kirk Cousins came back out, and we were reminded of, oh, yeah, maybe this team does have some limitations here. To me, after one week, I was ready to put them in top three spot on my board right behind uh, as one of the best teams in the NFC and in the NFC in general. All of a sudden now I'm actually taking what happened last night and saying this impacts my evaluation of the Packers more than the Vikings. I think the Vikings are still pretty good and they're going to be better games for Kirk Cousins than this one. But now I'm looking back at the Packers through two weeks and saying, okay, I think this team seriously does have some big issues still especially in the passing game without Devontae Adams, even with Alan Lazard back. What's striking to me, I don't think they're going to be able to move the football down the field as quickly and efficiently as they used to. They have to lean on that running game a lot more. And I think it's going to do fine when they're playing teams like the Bears. I don't think that they're going to do as well when they have to come up against some of these bigger offenses like a Chiefs, Bucks, or Bills. Where are you guys going on the Packers right now? And then also the Vikings after that game. Yeah, I and I would like to get uh to get Jason's thoughts on on the Packers here. Uh I'm of the opinion that what we saw in week 1 had more to do with circumstances than with the Packers themselves or with the Vikings, you know, without their left tackle, without their right tackle, 
without their number one wide receiver, without their two top receivers from last season, and then their left guard suffers a concussion in the middle of the game. Uh, and, you know, for whatever reason, they were playing a very suboptimal defense uh, zone, like soft zone uh, against the Vikings. And so Justin Jefferson was able to get a lot of whatever he wanted in that game. Uh, in week two, uh, they got back Alan Lazard. They got back right tackle Elston Jenkins. Uh, they got back uh, left guard John Runyon. And I think sooner or later, uh, they're going to get back left tackle David Bakhtiari and that wide receiver unit is going to start to coalesce. I do agree with you. The offense will be different. They will be more run focused. Uh, and in the passing game, I think they will focus more on uh, the shorter passing game, more passes to running backs, which like that's not the most efficient way to, to function. But I still think it will be a pretty good offense. Uh, Tom, as you know, I was low on the Vikings entering the year. And so I did bump them up pretty significantly after week one, but I haven't adjusted them at all after week two because I was already low on them. So I viewed them as being about a point better than average on a neutral field. And I am, I'm fine with that. I do think that uh, given, given that they have Aaron Rodgers, given the success that they've had, uh, the Green Bay Packers are still one of the top, you know, eight top six teams in the league. Jason, how about you? Where are you going on uh, first the Packers and then the Vikings? Didn't really worry me week one. They did the same thing last year. I think, you know, when, when you have a veteran quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers, you can throw out week one, week one results. And like uh, Matt said, they were missing starting tackles. And, you know, those are all big deals, especially I think we frequently don't pay attention to offensive line injuries as much as we should, you know, for handicapping purposes. I think especially that's something that, uh, that people, people don't, uh, you know, amateur handicappers probably don't pay enough attention to. It's something that could significantly help them long-term, but you know, line linemen are a very important part of the game, even though they rarely, if ever get mentioned or touch the ball. Um, not worried about the Packers. I am uh, less impressed with the uh, the the Vikings after last night. You know, I think uh, the the Justin Jefferson Offensive Player of the Year crowd got a rude awakening last night. Um, I bet Stefan Diggs actually Offensive Player of the Year after two weeks. I think I think yeah, the, there's right. a lot of. Uh, proxy value on the bills via different awards at the moment other than mvp i like um, that that was that was one of them um but i think you know the, there was a lot of talk about the them just the, the the rams offense the coach coming over and everything just clicking but the reality is kirk cousins is kirk cousins and he's another guy he's like a Jameis winston where he's just in that tier of quarterbacks like are you really excited to have a playoff run with him, do you really think he's going to win you a Super Bowl? Like, he might, everything might click and you might get a Bengals like run, but it's not happening. You know, like, I'm not, a, I'm a Packers fan. I'm not a Vikings fan, but, you know, I can always look over at Minnesota and be like, haha, you have Kirk Cousins. And they got no defense at the end of the day. It's, you know, they would, you know, if anyone, any Vikings fan who tells you they wouldn't, take Aaron Rodgers right now is bald-faced liar. 
the way I put it with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is a bus driver. That is all he's going to be good at for you. You you can trust him most of the time to get the kids to school. Like you can trust him in charge of the school bus. You're not handing him the keys to a NASCAR uh, to to a NASCAR ride and say go out and win this race. He's not going to be on that level for you. He's a game manager, and you need a great team around him to make him the best that he can be. And then even when you get that, and yes, there were some problems last night. One of the interceptions, not really his fault with uh, with Justin Jefferson running the wrong kind of route. And then you had Irv Smith dropping a touchdown. There were, mo- there were moments that weren't his fault, but it's not like he looked good and he especially imploded re- late. And that gives me a lot of cause for worry. Like you said, he's not going to be able to go up against the top teams and be the difference maker that you need him to, you know, Matt? Yeah. You know what I mean, Matt? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's, he's Kirk cousins. That yeah. basically says it all. All right, guys, right now, if you were to be making a futures bet, if you were to be hopping on to bet MGM using the promo code betting pros to get a thousand dollar risk-free bet, and you wanted to put it on an NFL future, what would you be looking at at this moment? And also, fun fact, you can, in fact, do that right now and head on over to our friends at BetMGM and get that $1,000 risk-free bet with the promo code BETTINGPROS. Matt, what's your future? Uh, I honestly don't know if I have one specific future that I would be looking at, but I I do know that um, you know MVP tends to be it's – a, it's a quarterback award – and it tends to be very correlated to passing efficiency stats. And Patrick Mahomes is still the number one quarterback in passing efficiency, or based on a lot of the stats that you could look at. And uh, that Chiefs team still has a pretty good chance to finish as the number one seed or the number two seed in the AFC. And uh, I think there is a lot of heat for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and like, I understand it. I think they are the superior team, but, uh, I do think that Patrick Mahomes will probably be discounted in the MVP market. Uh, as long as we see, uh, as long as we see Josh Allen continue to perform at a pretty high level, but like I could see Patrick Mahomes basically stalking Josh Allen for a lot of the season. And then all it takes is one bad Josh Allen performance in prime time. And then all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes looks like the clear MVP. So uh, I, I do think that Patrick Mahomes right now, relative to Josh Allen offers value. This is Joe Flacco erasure, but I guess I'll let it stand. Jason, how about you? Is there a future that you have your eye on? Yeah, well, I think Matt's right with, uh, with Mahomes, I, I've tended to bet a little bit on Mahomes every week of the season the last couple of years. Um, you know, it, it's always kind of one of those things. He's so good on a regular basis. I think we take for granted how good he actually is. You know, we're just kind of immune to the greatness after a while. Um, Mahomes is, is just uh, top tier. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. So, yeah, you're getting value there. And the thing is, with a lot of these these awards markets, you know, in baseball, you know, there's there's 10 pitchers at the beginning of the year you can make cases for. There's plenty of players you can make arguments for for MVP or Rookie of the Year. In the NFL, the, the pool kind of thins itself out pretty quickly, and it's, it's not like you have to really go down deep and say, oh, well, I found a 101 long shot. I found a 201 long shot. There aren't any long shots. There's there's no price discovery there's no you know the market's pretty pretty shaped 
with uh, with the futures. So you know, you're not getting value on Jalen Hurts at eight to one. You're not getting value on Tua at eighteen to one or whatever. Probably right on Mahomes, but I would if I was using a free bet, I'd want something at bigger odds. I'd look maybe at the Bengals, like I mentioned, have the worst record. If you can get you know ninety to what? No, sorry, fifty to one is what it was. You know, I always like using a free bet for something at, at big odds. Um, offensive player of the year, I mentioned Stefan Diggs. I think uh, getting getting exposure to the Bills, you know, you're not going to get a good price on them to win the AFC or the Super Bowl at this point. But uh, offensive player of the year on a guy like Diggs, who's currently leading the league in touchdown catches, um, you know, you can get him like seven to one most touchdown catches as well. I think that's not a terrible bet with the amount of times he's going to be targeted in that offense. So, you know, if you want Bill's exposure, I think that's the way to go. Or Sean McDermott, coach of the year. Those are all uh, sort of proxies for Bill's being best team in the league right now. Yeah, I, I like the idea. I like the idea of uh, Stefan Diggs as Offensive Player of the Year, uh, yeah. plus eight fifty right now at BetMGM. That's like not that. bad. That's a good number. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. I might be placing that right after this. I, I had him anytime touchdown score last night, and now I so wish that those compounded. How great would that be if you get paid out three times on a hat trick like that? Well, you uh, could you yeah. could bet him to score three touchdowns. You could, but I didn't really want to do that because I wasn't expecting him to be, I wasn't expecting that amazing of a performance, but still, I will happily take my winnings there. And guys, I will happily say that it has been a great episode. Jason, thank you so much for coming on with us. Where can people find the great work you're doing around the internet? Find me on VEASAN. Uh, you know, I'm on Gill Show, usually Wednesdays and uh, Friday mornings. I have a podcast that comes out a couple couple days a week. I do a podcast on Fridays with Pat Mayo doing touchdown props for the, the weekend. So all sorts of stuff. You can find me anywhere. Just just follow me on Twitter, basically. And, of course, you can find him on Twitter at Spreadopedia. You can find Matt at Matt F. The Oracle, and I'm at TV at work. And don't forget to head on over to Betting Pros. And remember... Sign up for BetMGM account today. Use the promo code BETTINGPROS and you'll get a $1,000 risk-free bet. Guys, that is going to do it for us here. Thank you again so much for being with us. We'll be back on Thursday to break down the weekend slate of NFL action. But for now, I'm Tom, he's Matt, and he's Jason. And let's cash some tickets, guys.